podcast listeners, welcome to yet another episode of How About This, and we have a doozy of an episode for you today. Joining us on today's podcast is the CEO of U.S. Comics and co-host of the U.S. Comics cast, Mr. John Rivera. Buckle up, because it's a bird. It's a plane. It's the How About This podcast. What's up, Internet? It's another episode of How About This. You know what this show is all about. We're about sitting around and talking about properties and brands and characters that we love and how we would handle them if we got our nasty, nerdy, grubby fingers all over them. And as always with me is a man who is a champion of justice. He is the owner and key resident of the Fortress of Solitude. His name is Jordan Hugh, and he's the best host on the planet. What's going on, my friend? I don't know if I actually live in the Fortress of Solitude, though it certainly feels like this these, these past few months. Thank you, as always, for the wonderful introduction, Mike, who is, of course, the prince of all pencil sharpeners and a good, good window boy. Yeah, these are getting weird. I assume that if the audience is still tuning in at this point, I don't know how many episodes we've done. We've done quite a bit. They must like the show. So thank you, loyal listeners. If you made it this far in, I assume we've hooked you for life. And what's great is that we've done so many episodes with just Jordan and I that we got to the point of saying, oh, we should get on some really talented guests because why not? And it seems like a whole lot of fun. We actually and with we us- couldn't find any talented guests. That that explains today. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm wow. kidding. It's a little. It's a dunk. It's a dunk. Low blow. So <laughs> we have a very special guest with us today. I'm going to say that he's an expert in the topic that we're about to discuss. Oh, yes. The CEO of U.S. Comics and the co-host of the U.S. Comics cast, Mr. John Rivera. Hey, what is up, gentlemen and oh Jordan? Goodness. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. This is uh, this is so cool to have you on, John. Actually, ever since we started this, we said John is one of the people we absolutely have to have on as soon as possible. But it was actually a real challenge to think what topic we should get you on for because you are a big fanboy of a lot of different stuff regarding movies, art, literature, music, so much. You know, yeah. And the real challenge is trying to stop me because I'll talk about almost anything, even if I have no knowledge about it whatsoever. Oh, you're in good company, sir. That's what we do. We've already talked about Mr. Tall, Dark, and Gruesome in Batman. So That was episode one. That, that was, was episode that was one. A, that was we a pilot. Pulling, pulling no punches, going for no, <laughs> pretty much. And I said this in the that episode, probably the number one property that I could think of, uh, of all time, being Batman. It's time to go to the other side of that coin to talk about the big blue Boy Scout. It's time to talk about Superman. And Jordan yes, and I, while we appreciate Superman, I think we needed to have a real Superman expert on the show today. So, John, we're really happy to have you here to talk about soups and to talk about Clark Kent and how special he is to you and how special he is to all of us and comic books in general. And we can't wait to hear your eventual pitch when we get to it. But you don't have DC comic books without Superman. We have to talk about this. And I understand that Superman is a character that I have always felt has been incredibly misunderstood by fans, by writers, by people who produce comic books, movies, TV shows. Superman means something to all of us individually as a character. To me, he means something as a symbol. But I think the best way to start this conversation off is by saying, why is Superman special? And why is Superman specifically special to you? So John, why don't you start us off? Well, I think you can't bring up the topic of Superman without kind of acknowledging his providence. He's changed hands so many times. And it it just really kind of becomes the best example of the comic book telephone game. What 
what he maybe began as in 38, two Jewish teenagers doing their very best. He certainly is not if you pick up a, a Superman comic today. And, you know, the history books are, are open in front of us and laid out where we can see how certain things changed and how kind how uh, the times the writing occurred in affected what you saw in the comic books and how the movies and, and TV shows and all these different iterations actually adjusted the character to a certain degree if you can if you want to talk about superman at this point you can almost begin with my favorite version of superman and, and you can you can do that for a lot of the older characters batman obviously is only is just right behind him so on and so forth but for most folks you, you can really pick and choose somewhere along the timeline and say well this is my superman or this is my preferred superman or you can interchange that with the conversation often is i think of superman as this mm -hmm. And it just so happens that that's their favorite version of it, whether they grew up with him that way or, or what have you. But no one can deny whether you're an apologist like myself or whether you're a hater. <laughs> nobody can deny the impact that he's had. He, granted, uh, you, know, you, you, you can't really give him the title now as first superhero. There's been a lot of uh, challenges to that throne, but he certainly informed almost the entire superhero body that we have in popular comic books now. I mean, he was the first of his kind. He's the, re the reason why so many characters look the way they look uh, upon, uh, upon creation or have derivative powers of Superman's, you know, and they just kind of ran with him. <laughs> he is a symbol for sure, but more than anything, he's the pilgrim. He's the, yeah. the pioneer. He's, he's the first uh, for a reason. So John, you mentioned that we all have our own Superman that is like <laughs> the one that we identify with. And when you have sure. a character whose you know, history spans you know, 90 years or so at this point. Yeah, <laughs> oh my what, gosh. What era of Superman do you look at it being as being like, that is my era of Superman. When I think of Superman, that's what I go to first emotionally or inspirationally. Yeah. Way to use my own shit against me, Jordan. That was not cool, oh, but, I, I, <laughs> but I will go ahead and, and, and jump. Yeah, no, no um, for me personally, my Superman is Chris Reeves era yeah. Superman. I mean, that, that first movie did so many things and I'll happily shoot you guys a reminder of the poster that's staring me in the face for <laughs> like everybody and their, their uncle from Superman the movie. That's a really good example of how an outside entity can end up changing its source material because they started drawing Superman differently at that time. You know, it looked like you were you were looking at an animated Chris Reeves and the the kind of the entire sentiment, it it really firmly placed him in that in that era, late 70s early 80s. DC uh, as a as a company really started telling far more current stories occurring in that era clearly. It wasn't as if you were reading an old-timey book that happened way before. And and Marvel give them credit. They they really have led that uh, led the way with that, telling timely stories and what have you. But I think it wasn't a, a jealousy issue where DC started catching up in that capacity. It was, it really was the movie. So mm -hmm. Superman, the movie and that era of Superman, that's where my bed sheets were, you know, a giant S <laughs> on them and, you know, Lois reminding me that girls were not always key until we you know, ran away from. I see uh, some so Lois bed sheets as well. <laughs> <laughs> but she was actually the flip side of the pillow and I was oh, nice. feeling yes, a little randy. I would flip oh, yeah. over <laughs> that Absolutely. cool side of the pillow and now you cheek to cheek little, with Lois. <laughs> little Margot Kidder, very nice. Mm -hmm. I got a kicker out of bed for eating cookies in bed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the the, the imagery of the uh, Dick Donner Superman movie is kind of what many of us grew up with 
at least seeing on the pages as well. Like you said, it's it was so influential. And Christopher Reeves, you know, it's just just looked perfect at that era and that time. He just looked perfect for the role. He had the perfect little hair curl and <laughs> the suit was brilliantly, it was vibrant and blue. And he looked like the symbol of hope that Absolutely. Superman is supposed to be. So I, I think that, that, that really speaks a lot and it speaks volumes. I think Superman the movie is so influential. And just like when we talked about Jordan, when, when we talked about Batman, we talked about how influential to us the Batman 89 movie was mm -hmm. and the animated series. But Jordan, what's your favorite Superman? So I have a really weird answer to this that is not popular among Superman fans, but the first Superman I was ever exposed to was the Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher television show, the, uh, I think it was called The New Adventures of Superman. I'm so sorry, right. The Adventures of Lois and Clark, uh, yeah. of course. And that, I watched that show like religiously, like I was, yeah. I was like as a younger kid, like I was like, this is, this is great. I love this. And then, <laughs> then I went off to not even the Dick Donner Superman. I went to, so of course there was Batman, the animated series. And then uh, that sprung off into, you know, the, the new adventures of Superman and watching that cartoon, that was like the second. And then I went off to the Dick Donner stuff. And I thought, I thought Superman was, was actually really cool. I, I thought Superman was a great character, but I had never started with his comics. I had started with him <laughs> on a television show. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it's definitely something Thing that stands out for the character is those shows and those things they keep going back to it right they keep going back to superman to try to tell more of his stories so mm -hmm. when handled correctly he's so incredibly interesting and for me i think my experience with superman actually and this is crazy to say this really starts with the death of superman because i think that was one of the first superman comic books i've ever read and then over time right. I've definitely we were read young when more. that was out wait yeah. a minute you it's opened weird. that poly bag that makes that makes it totally worthless now I bought seven of them. So, you know. <laughs> That's why I have like 17 of them here. So I, I'm happy to send one out. I had a hundred of those and I had a hundred X-Men number one. So, uh, cause it was the nineties and that's what you did. You bought variant covers. So oh, they get you. Oh, yeah, that, that is. So oh, the nineties. So that, that was kind of like the first experience I had with Superman and how he then broke off into all the different characters that kind of like represented different aspects of him. And then there was Superboy, and then eventually they combined Superboy and Spider-Man together. It was, it was weird. It was the nineties. They didn't know what they were doing, but it's <laughs> oh fine. God. But also Jordan, like you, I did watch a bit of Lois and Clark when it was on because it was a superhero live action TV show, which I didn't really have at that point. Right. And it was also very well cast. They yeah. were good actors yeah. on that show. It was great. It was. And then, yeah, obviously the Superman cartoon and, and Justice League. Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, both great, great depictions of Superman building off the popularity of, you know, I guess the Batman animated series at that time. So those are my experiences. I don't know if that's necessarily like my favorite Superman comic book. I'm a big fan of stuff like, I really like Red Sun. I think everyone does. I think that's just one of those things you always go to. I also really like, there's a book they did called Last Sun, which was, I forget when that came out, which I enjoyed quite a bit. And obviously how the character has influenced other universes and how they've kind of worked with him to kind of use that character. I don't always like when they make Superman a bad guy because that seems to be the interesting thing to do. Sure. But it's easy. It does, exactly. It's easy. It's like, oh, well, he's clearly all powerful, so he has to be mm -hmm. bad. Which are the definitive super books for you? Yeah. Well, you know, the, again, that that's a tough spot because they're not my children, but they're like at least my nieces and nephews so it's it's tough to to pick a favorite well maybe I, just the I, ones you go back to you know well yeah because i i have i end up ha I, I end up with all of them but for me if someone was new to earth and had no idea of uh, superman as a character as much as i loved 
Red Sun or as much as I love Kingdom Come or so many of these kind of seminal works, I would probably hand a, a know nothing about Superman. I'd probably hand him Superman for all seasons. Yeah, it's very nice. Because it, Good one. it really speaks to the character first and foremost. And, you know, we're all we're all storytellers here you know in in many of the same capacities and every story that i begin with just myself personally if i'm going to commit something to paper or, or digitally or what have you the thought pops in there and the what it wouldn't be cool if dot 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 a factor is in there but then you always want to decide okay well where are we going to end up ultimately like what's the finish line and that helps inform your decision making to get from point a to point b and like that's a collection where where you clearly knew where they want to end up for the for the haters or for the people who don't quite understand it uh, one of the things that i end up and i refer to as a superman apologizer i'm not really a superman apologizer i'm a Superman, how fucking very dare you, sir? Because <laughs> I, I do take offense. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not stupidity, I think, on their part. It's more ignorance. And I, I, I mean that with full peace and love. I'm not, it's not passive aggressive or anything like that. I just think that anyone who doesn't like, quote unquote, like Superman, they just don't, they don't get it yet. Like they, they haven't been driven down the proper road. And uh, Superman for All Seasons really, really does it because, and, and you guys, you guys have walked down this road with me in a lot of cases. When you have those storylines that the comic books companies like throwing at us or DC, where like the, the imaginists, like the what if aspect, and they throw Superman in these kind of insane circumstances. One of the actual complaints that I have heard pretty consistently was, well, he always just ends up being Superman. And I'm like, well, that's like saying that you're mad at your dad because he kept on coming home from work. Yeah, he is Superman. He's yeah, that that's like being angry at Santa Claus because he shows up every every you know December twenty fifth. What are, what are, right. what are you actually talking about? Superman right. should be Superman, and I don't want to jump the you know I don't want to uh, bury the lead or anything like that because I'm not quite sure where you guys wanted the conversation to go, but I'll do it because I'm a guest. <laughs> One of the things that they were talking about with the current movie movie iteration of Superman that we're getting is well, he's not going to have a direct sequel. He's more gonna pop in and out of other entries, right? And um, at first, my initial reaction was fury. I was, I was livid because you have an actor in, in Henry Cavill that I, I think can pull off Superman. Personally, I don't particularly... How, do how do I word this uh, properly? Oh, careful. He's the Witcher now. To me, I, I, I enjoy his turns as Superman, even when the movie... The movies themselves are, are lousy. I'll give him that. But to me, it's almost like I'm watching a different, like, Earth question mark, number question mark. The same way that we're, we're getting a different Superman in, in, in Red Sun or any of these other uh, different, different story arcs that are not necessarily continuity. That's how I feel like when I'm watching that version of Superman. He's not really my Superman. He's a Superman. So, um, but yeah, I don't John mind that he's going to pop in and out because that concept of like, I don't really know where he is, but I know he's out there and I feel good about that. Right. That overall sentiment works for me. I always say with Superman, and this is always my quote, it's like everything humanity wants a God to be. Someone that's out there that you know is out there looking after you, who can mm -hmm. save you if you need saving. Yeah. And I always say that's what always stands out to me about Superman is that, yeah, you can show him punching aliens in the face <laughs> until everyone's blue in the face. But what makes Superman impressive, I remember someone was talking about a Superman movie once and people were, were ragging on it. And I forget which Superman movie it was. And it's like, oh, he didn't even fight. He just saved a bunch of people. I'm like- Oh, it's Returns. It's Returns, right? Yeah. And I know, I know people don't like Returns and I don't really remember Returns that well, but like that's kind of what 
what he's about. Of course. I, li- I liked Returns. I actually really like Superman Returns. Yeah. I, I, you know I, what? I, Compare it to some of the other uh, entries that we've gotten, and now all of a sudden Returns looks pretty good. Yeah, I, I get it. It's a retread of a plot, plot line that we saw already, and he's a little bit of a stalker patty, but put put that business aside, and I looked at that, and I thought, well, he that's Superman. Yeah. That's definitely Superman. Also, you give give Ruth credit. That was the most spot on impersonation. Oh, sure. Of Chris Reeve that I've ever seen. It was yeah. unbelievably I, well I th- done. I think the issue people have is that it kind of crosses the line between emulation and imitation, where it's just like we find someone who looks almost just like the man and then matches mm. his speech pattern. It's a little tough for some people to well, swallow. You know, also I think because the movie suffered from that refusal to say what it was. You you can't put out a movie no, you know, yeah. decades later and say, well, maybe this is, maybe it's a spiritual sequel. <laughs> right. But then on the, so, on the same token, say that it was a continuation from like, you know, from Smallville, which a lot of people were very entertained with. I had a lot of problems with Smallville just because it took too many liberties. It, it really was like, I would have preferred if they called that, you know, that show was like super dude. Or you know what? <laughs> Be the red blur or whatever nonsense you decided to like. That's that's fine because he, he was not Superman. But John, to defend Smallville, which isn't even my favorite show, it's <laughs> fine. Hey, Smallville, Smallville does take that sort of Earth Two approach. I don't think that's yes. meant to be a prequel to the Dick Donner uh, Superman. No. Whereas you're, Superman you're Returns right. is meant to be a sequel to specifically the Richard Donner films, but only if you just count. I think the first two movies right, and not and the two. others. Yeah, right, which you, which you, it's very. You're asking a lot. Look, you want me to suspend my belief that being from a different, (laughs) having a different sun, you can fly and you can punch holes through walls and and do all this crazy stuff. No problem. But don't ask me to pretend that certain movies didn't exist. That's, sir, you crossed the line at that point. (laughs) They did that with with Terminator as well. They were like, oh, yeah, remember Terminator 3 and 4 and whatever? Yeah, Aliens has done it. Yeah, Yeah, just ignore ignore those. Halloween, the Halloween franchise is notorious for this. Yeah. Yeah. Halloween, like Halloween happened, and then they erased Halloween's two, yeah. four, five, six, seven. Jamie Lee, I think, comes back in nine. Only three is canon out of all those as a standalone That's that crazy. doesn't have to do with Mike Myers. Uh, Superman has gone through this similar kind of thing where they're yes. like, can we cut around the rotten parts enough to maintain what is good? And ultimately, and Mike, I know we're getting to this segue, this is what is kind of problematic about the Superman characters. He kept getting done dirty by the production mm-hmm. industry. So that is my next question. What do, we, we, we've talked about what we like about Superman, what makes him work. What do people, and it could be fans, it could be writers, it could be film production crews. What do they get wrong about Superman from people who are super fans? John, that's you, buddy. Well, you know, I, I, my Superman hat is on tight, so... <laughs> No amount of questions will blow it back. I think that you really run into a problem. And this this really runs the gamut for a a lot of writers today. A lot of times we'll see writers' credits on movies and you can't, like, I'll I'll just speak for myself. I can't fathom knowing knowing some of the prior work that these men and women have put out that they were responsible for, like, the, the crap that I just, had to sit through. Uh, my, it's my experience more often than not, unfortunately. And what I what I really came to realize, I had an epiphany, is that a professional writer 
writes professionally, which means that if, you know, like Jordan's an exquisite writer, beautiful writer. Jordan can write. Like he's just, he's like fucking Picasso. Oh, go on. But go on. Picasso, you can ask him to g- give you a depiction of a, a horrible bullfight, which is bullfights are bullshit. Let's just have that on record. <laughs> but his depiction of it like makes you feel things and good things, which is, which is ironic. But on the same token, you can go and ask him to paint your bedroom and he'll do it. But, but you're clearly not using his talents in that way. He'll, while he'll paint your bedroom for you, this is a very long way around analogy. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck are you talking um, about, John? He, he'll paint your bedroom for you and it'll be a Picasso technically, but he didn't necessarily want to. His feelings weren't there. His love wasn't there. So if you have a great writer who could give two shits less about the subject matter, you're not going to get anything of real quality. So I love Jordan, but I would never necessarily ask him to write a Superman story for me. Batman, he can go to town all day long. So I think that really becomes an issue where you have, you know, just looking at like the cinematic and, and TV iterations, because we have multiple, multiple examples of that now. Uh, again, with, with Superman specifically, I think he requires a writer or writing team that A, knows the character, fundamentally knows knows the character not just in a in a surface way but also loves the character because when you love your subject matter whether you're talking about an old man fighting a fish or you're talking about a guy in his underwear flying through the sky or you're talking about you know a car that's come to life and is terrorizing the town if your passion isn't in that story it's not going to come across and and i think that has really been the issue for a lot of the superman storytellers that we've gotten recently there was no passion just yeah. to just to kind of backtrack it don't forget siegel and schuster they, they came up with this character as young men like teenagers in essence think about every story that a younger person tells you they're, they're not going to tell you about a good baseball player they're not going to tell you about a, a not bad teacher they're not going to tell you about a not too shabby superhero no they're going to tell you about the best this person was the strongest this person was the smartest this person was the fastest that's how young people speak their their superlatives are relatively cheap but that all being said when they originally conceived of superman as a character and and we talk about this in storytelling also your villain needs to be more powerful than your hero if you're going to tell a compelling story guys superman was a fucking villain so we we know him as coming into existence in in 38 but in 37 he was ubermensch he was a german superpowered villain he was bald like lex luther he was he was not s on the chest cape fluttering the breeze i mean he was a, a bad guy so all of these all of these abilities that he got as now as a, as a force for good originally was was on the other side of the fence now if you're going to write a villain right now from scratch hey, michael you, you were talking about like well we've seen like this this um storytelling where they like to cast superman in the villain roles whether it's comic books or video games or or what have you or terribly misguided justice league movie let's make superman the bad guy why because he's so fucking powerful mike and i we, we had a small conversation i know it's a little bit off topic but mike and i had a conversation we were talking about superman and batman and uh i have like a a visual concept for Batman and Superman as a as a in a tandem in the world's finest capacity. You know, Superman enjoys what he's doing. Here you have a character who could for all intents and purposes do anything whatsoever. Anything he wanted to do. If he wanted all the money in the world, he can go out and grab it up. If he wanted to be the champion of every sport, he could do it. You know, he he could literally do just about ev- anything within reason, like all the genie's wish, uh, genie's lamp wishes. He could 
pretty much do them without making a wish. With all that ability at his disposal, he chooses to do none of it. Like none of those things that might be the first, second, and third on my list. He does none of them. He lives a relatively quiet life. He lives a life of service, which is fucking awesome. In comparison, you have Batman who can do almost nothing. You know, in terms of like the superhero world, he can't fly. He can't, he's not super strong. Can't throw a tank across the room. But here he is showing up to a gunfight unarmed and he's he's not just he's holding his own he's and most of the time recently he's literally leading the pack he's running the fucking show that's what i think we're a big we're, we're like a, a big difference a, a glaring difference between the the two of them uh can kind of come up which i know is off topic but again well, John, Superman just, a, just, is just, a- just so powerful yeah, just to frame it a little bit. So, so you would you would say, as per the question, that the big problem with Superman is that he's often not paired with the right team that will support him, regardless of what that medium is, whether that is film, comics, whatever. You need to find someone who's passionate about the character. I totally agree, and I agree with your 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 second point, which is that essentially you have to know what kind of Superman story you're going to be telling. I think what you said about his creation is so so smart. Yeah, he's a young man's character, but. Because he has evolved over time, he has taken on so much more symbolism and so much more weight than what he was originally intended to take on. We have seen such stories from Superman as him being kind of the face of entire political movements. We have seen stories of Superman where he is a Christ-like figure who literally comes back from the dead uh, for to be a force for good. And we've also seen Superman reflected in other characters, which was previously mentioned. There was a lot of to-do, and there's still a lot of to-do now, about the Dr. Manhattan character and what he represents in terms of Superman's archetype as, is this the natural end game for this character that humanity will break his heart and he will kind of go back to his dispassionate alien roots. It's kind of like, what Superman story do we want told to us? Mike, what do you think? I think the thing that they always kind of get wrong about Superman, and when you're trying to put that character in a film or in a TV show, people want to see him use his powers. They want to see him shoot things with lasers out of his eyes. They want to see him run at sonic speed or speed of light or whatever. They want to see him lift heavy things and throw them. And I think as human beings, we get too focused on everything about Superman that we can't do and that's not like us, where the one key aspect of Superman's personality and Clark Kent's personality that I always find the most interesting is his humanity, is the values given to him by the Kents. It's, John, I said this on your po- on your podcast, the most, I think one of the most important things of a true hero is responsibility, which is why there's a giant Spider-Man picture behind me. And I think Superman, when written, how I like to see him written, is a responsible character who uses his powers responsibly to help and save people because they can't always help themselves. So Superman is there to aid where he can and i think there's an issue of hitman or something like that where superman flies up behind him and i've read this because i've had this suggested to me multiple times about superman and apparently there's a part of the issue where a hitman's like on a roof he's going to kill someone and superman flies up behind him and he's talking to him or something like that and superman they save everyone essentially except for one person on whatever something explodes or something like that and superman literally can't handle the fact that he couldn't save someone or what was that one issue what was that one series where superman couldn't save his father from having a heart attack and he had to fly across the world and that breaks him it's because he's got that humanity even though he is an an alien right that's kind of the beauty of what he's about he comes from somewhere completely different he still has that humanity in him to care and love and to and to give hope and you know you can say what you will about what they did with him with any of the modern movies but the fact that (laughs) (laughs) the fact that they 
tried to at least tried to push him being a beacon of hope is what always stands out the most to me. And while I, yeah, do I want to see Superman punch an alien? Yeah, sure. That's great. I love when aliens punch each other. It's the best. You know, I love when the Hulk throws Loki and smashes his whole body on the ground or when Thor electrifies, I don't know, a giant sky dragon. I love that. I think that's great. Oh, that's why yes. I go to the movies that's and a, I want to see that's that. a popcorn moment. Exactly. Sure. And I want to see Superman punching aliens and robots and making Lex Luthor look like a fool. But in the end, I want to see his humanity. I want to see him love. I want to see him care. And I want to see him be the thing that we should aspire to be. Speaking of punching aliens and robots, and this one's going to go to John, I've often said that I think one of the problems with Superman comics, movies, etc., is that unlike Batman or some other characters, Superman lacks a long list of rogues gallery members. For sure. But he does have a short quality list of a few members that I, I think are super compelling. And we know that these heroes are often defined by their struggle with a particular villain. And this goes back to the earliest hero stories. This mm-hmm. goes back to Beowulf and Grendel. It goes back, yeah. you know, all the way. So if if Superman's arch nemesis is, of course, Luther, and you have other quality villains like Brainiac and, and maybe a handful of others, who else are really the quality villains here? And is there a way to fix this problem of a hero that may have no limit to his power? What do you think, John? Well, well, again, you 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 raise a, a point that that I touched on and kind of blabbed it through earlier, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, Superman suffers for not having. It would be as if Muhammad Ali only ever fought no names. What what then would his legacy be? He would be relatively forgettable, except for what happened outside of the ring, and that's where Superman runs into trouble because who can really stand toe to toe with with Superman? Uh, obviously. Doomsday, unfortunately, kind of use up everything left in that battery. And and you mentioned Brainiac. Parasite, I would would get odds at Vegas. You know, they, they wouldn't call off the bet. They do keep on trying to trot out enemies for Superman who are physically potential threats. You know, obviously you have the other Kryptonians when they come to town. And, you know, that, that, that really becomes problematic because, again, Superman is not a one-trick pony. He's not just a guy who's going to put up his dukes and, and kind of end the and the the problem that way that's why uh, like mike had mentioned i i i'm not one of these people that will ever say well he didn't oh he only he just saved a bunch of people that's that's some exciting shit because that's also in the category of well that's that's not something else anyone could have done. You know, Batman could not have caught the train from falling off the, the cliff or caught the, the Daily Planet globe from smashing into the ground, you know, on the 13th floor. So a lot of Superman's highlight reel moments don't involve straight fisticuffs. But yeah, there there's a there's a, a, a handful. Actually, some a character that I'm shocked DC didn't didn't run with almost right away. Uh, I'm shocked they didn't run with right away was was Lobo. Because Lobo is a character that absolutely could physically stand there. And and then you also have the... We uh, love Lobo. I love uh, Lobo. Lobo's, Lobo's Dynamite. I was actually heartbroken that with the casting of Aquaman, not because I didn't yep. think that he could do, you know, that, that he would do a good job, but... I, I just, I saw him as Lobo the first time that I ever, I think the, my first time I ever, I ever saw him was, um, uh, what the hell was um, some terrible sci-fi show. Uh, just, just, just the pits. Oh, Game of Thrones. No, 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 no. How dare you. How dare you. I very much enjoy Lobo. I think he's a, I think he's a, he's a lot of fun, wink to the audience type character, but can physically, then there was a man. But then there's also the, the, the magic 
I was hoping you uh, would element. get here. Yeah, yes. because I love the magic character any, versus Superman. Of course you do. You point the hat, hair, and the son of a <laughs> So so yeah, like when you have those particularly powerful mystical characters, they absolutely can give Superman fits. But and I'm not sure if this is a comic book trope necessarily, but it seems to me a lot of kind a lot of times the more powerful that you are with magic, the more of a douchebag that you seem to be in comic books. Like I don't I'm not really sure what the what the uh, what the real issue is with these fucking people, but <laughs> it seems well, to warp their personalities. I think because unlike Superman, unlike who he is, magic itself is not good. It is a totally mm. neutral force. And it is up to you to do with it what you will. But even Zatanna, who is a neutral good character, occasionally taps into some really evil shit to get the job done. And the forces that command Shazam, I mean, he uses them for good, but that power has also been bent in the past. So there's a lot going on there. But like Doctor Strange literally makes contracts with demons like that's how he gets his power he pulls oh, powers yeah. from demons it's just as true on the marvel yeah, side it's it's magic magic always has some sort of root into some places that could get evil and i guess it's superman kind of represents like that total purity magic kind of represents tapping beyond the veil to something that we might not should should not tamper mm. with even if we're using it for good Mike, also, that's, uh, that's really well said also magic also has that bargain component yep. to it that you oh, are giving absolutely. something over tricks yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a a cost to it, whereas there's really no moral ambiguity with what Superman does because if you're strong enough to move the fridge for your mom and you choose not to do it, you're a bad kid. Like, you're just a bad <laughs> kid. And Superman would never... He would do it one-handed and catch the apple when it rolled off the table and take a bite and smile to the fourth panel and wink and, and wave. <laughs> there you um, go, Mom. That's, Happy to help. That's, that's Superman. And I think ultimately, too, what we were getting at, too, is that Superman's powers literally come from the sun, right? They come from light. Mm -hmm. That's literally what he represents as a character, which is probably why they went with magic as one of his weaknesses. And you know what? While I sometimes enjoy the Batman and Superman, who would win the fight? I'm kind of tired of it. I think we're good. I think we can see Batman and Superman as friends at some it's point. Not, it's not a question that has any answer anyway. No. It's totally no. conditional, and it depends on the terms of the fight. If we're talking in you know terms of a physical brawl, Batman would last less than a second, but that would never be the condition in which they fought. Exactly, and I think it's it's the, the argument is a little old. I think we should just well, at some point have them as friends. I, I would... <laughs> I would offer up that the the question, the argument, is a is a very clear indication that whomever is asking it does not get the characters. Mm-hmm. It just it just wouldn't happen. And if it did happen, it would be the biggest fucking deal. And certainly, muttering Martha wouldn't put an end to it. Like it's <laughs> gonna happen. Somebody owes somebody money, or <laughs> somebody looked at somebody's girl the wrong way. Like <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that runs deep. If it's gonna come to fisticuffs, I don't like the way you're looking at Catwoman. <laughs> You know that every villain in Metropolis had a kid and named her Martha uh, immediately after hearing that story. Oh, this is how we can get it. <laughs> and I, and also Batman cheats to win because he's Batman. That's that's what he does. He just wins. It's, it's, he cheats oh, yeah. to win. He's like, also, how stupid do you have to be to be a, any kind of villain in Metropolis at all? Why would you ever yeah, try to rob yeah. a bank in Metropolis? You are, you are thick. You're, that's Doing. not smart. Not smart. So there have been a lot of iterations of superman tv movies video games most of the video games are real bad except for like injustice well Um, yeah but that's 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 again that's 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 the dc universe uh, system of well he'll just be there but (laughs) yeah it's not a superman game no so there's no good superman game 
Um, no. Not really, no. I mean, Superman 64 is generally considered one yeah, of the, one of the absolute worst, worst time, video yeah. games of yeah, all time. Right. Like, it's, put it in the frame, hang it on the wall, bad. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, the problem with Superman video games is like, how do you make him work? His powers are that he's invincible. Well, so they got Batman. Yeah, but Batman, yeah, they did get Batman. And Batman but works again, really well. And and you know what? I, I would argue that the Batman video game, the, the Arkham series, that they do a better job with Batman than a lot of even the very popular monetarily popular Batman movies have. Mm-hmm. And again, this is something that I've spoken to both of you guys with independently. The, the Batman game, you've got to figure some shit out. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, that's Batman's superpower. Yeah. It's his fucking, his brain. He's smart. You know, so. The video games don't always get him right. And I think now might be the time that they might get him right because video games are getting superheroes so right right now with Batman and Spider-Man. Ooh, but I would I, love like a world's finest video game. That'd be pretty can cool. you I'd imagine? Play I'd play it. Yeah. I'd play oh. it. That would be so cool. I should just yeah. make. They should make Superman like a side-scrolling shooter where he's just shooting lasers. <laughs> that would also. I, I would play, play that it. too. There's TV shows. There's cartoons. There's video games. There's, there's musical movies. <laughs> Wait, there's a Superman musical. He's got possibilities. It, it's come on. I mean, it's what not just a butter commercial. There's <laughs> Superman the musical. Actually, I, so I'm this gonna is your pitch. I'm, I'm yeah, exactly. This is not the pitch. You're like, wow, that's very well prepared. But meanwhile, it's an actual <laughs> full musical that exists. Um, <laughs> I wrote this thing. <laughs> I did music and everything. They did it. I forget, Jordan. You, you probably will remember. There's like most summers when there's not a when there's not this virus on. They'll do like a very almost never done show. It's oh, done like on a- Broadway. It's like. And it's done for like two weeks. Oh gosh, I actually don't know. Is it city centers or encores or something like that? It or? may be encores, but it's it's whatever. But okay. they 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 put up a full staged Superman the musical, and it's from like forever ago, and it's not great. It's, it's not great, <laughs> right. but that they did have that the possibility song, which people know even on some level because it was like a butter commercial that they ended up repurposing the song for. And when there was only radio to entertain you, it was on the radio. Can't believe it's not Superman. So, <laughs> so we've got movies, we've got TV shows, we've got video games, cartoons, comic books, a musical. So this brings us to the point where we get to talk about how we would handle Superman in some way if we were using him or using his character or his story for something. And John, you're leading us on this one. Hmm. So you get to say the magic words. Okay, boys. How about this? You're welcome. You, you did welcome. the thing. You did the I think, thing. I think it's the best one. <laughs> so I'm handed the keys, get the rights. What I would do with Superman is actually very simple. And it's not necessarily because it's my my go-to in terms of storytelling or anything like that. But it actually, it's actually for reasons that we spoke about earlier, where sometimes he seems like a character out of time. He's not necessarily of the moment, big blue boy scout, all that nonsense. And you, in a lot of ways, the storytellers have been trying to fit a square peg into a round hole with Superman. So what I would do is I would take Superman and and this works within the, the confine of an extended DC universe as well. So DC, reach out to me. (laughs) What I would do is I would take Superman 
and put him back in his natural element. Not necessarily a Captain America type thing, but Captain America-ish. And I would have not just a standalone Superman movie, but the entire Superman franchise exists within the framework of the 1940s, 1950s timeline. His entire book of side characters, Jimmy, Lois, Perry, everybody exists only within those particular movies. Now, I'll backtrack to the original, but his entire franchise, and clearly it'll be super popular because I'm a very good writer. Oh, really? Say that there's 10, that there's, uh, 10 uh, installments of standalone Superman movies. They all exist within that time frame of between the 40s to 50s, maybe even early 60s, if we're really stretching out. Whereas you can have the older Superman who now exists in the 2020 confines, who's interacting with all this like multitude of, of characters that we have on the silver screen at this point, but has now with the luxury of time been able to shed himself of the responsibilities of Lois and Jimmy and like kind of the more dated aspect of it. You don't have to go and reinvent the wheel and turn the planet into a cable news channel, uh, turn him into a, a TMZ reporter, like all these things that they've done to poor, poor Kal-El to make him fit into the, the world that we're comfortable in. No, he, he doesn't necessarily belong here. And if you're going to do that, then you have a, better have a much better explanation so first thing that i do is again i, I put him back into his le less of a captain america more of a back to the future type type thing so we're seeing the world really through his eyes also i'm gonna take another take the lead from another marvel installment we didn't have to see peter parker go through all the rigmarole of becoming spider-man he just was spider-man Peter, Peter, <laughs> Peter. Just die, Uncle Ben. Forever. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, enough is enough. Jesus Christ. They love um, killing him. Yeah, the, the, Uncle the, Ben and the Waynes, man. Can't catch yeah, a break. I will see the Waynes bite it every day of the week and twice on Sundays because that's just wholesome family entertainment. But yeah, so so now we have Superman far more so like as, as an established entity for the first of what is clearly to be very many movies. But they exist within that time frame. And what I would give him to do, at least for that first installment... I would probably uh, have a bit of the spinning newspaper element and, you know, talk about, in, you know, monta uh, in montage format, all of these accomplishments. And maybe they don't know precisely who this character is, who is doing all these great things, but you have the, you know, you have these things, stop the train from falling off the mountain and save the building and blah, 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 put out the fire and, and all these, these great things. But you don't necessarily have those big fisticuff type moments. One of my absolute very favorite tropes from that period of time is the the alien invasions. I just fucking love them, but specifically I love alien robot invaders. There is su it's such a perfect it's such a perfect root against type story arc because there's nothing you're not going to run into the the magnet the magneto aspect of the of this villain where you're like, yeah, no, this, this character is doing terrible things, but I, I get it. I understand, you know, the Holocaust. There's none of that. These, these, <laughs> these alien robots show up bent on, you know, so it's in essence, it's like, you know, Superman, you know, in the war of the worlds, but like, I want the, like the super clunky square headed arms are, are, are wings type circumstances. And it's all, you ultimately fast forward a uh, spoiler alert. 
it it is all a sham. What? They're, they're, I know. So, boys, I'm glad you're sitting down. So, um, <laughs> Superman can go can go through the the punch them, you know, knock them, rock them, robots, whatever the hell. He can do all of that. He can beat the living shit out of robots. There's no there's no concerns about Superman not killing because I'm a I'm a firm, firm Superman does not kill ever. He doesn't kill. He's a vegetarian. He doesn't kill. Fuck Beef Wellington. He doesn't eat it. Uh, that, I'm changing that. He does. He won't kill an insect if he if he can possibly avoid it. And most of the times he can. But he can beat the ever living shit out of some robots and destroy the destroy them to everyone's content. You can sell all kinds of robot toys and you know uh, action pack playsets and and all that stuff. During the process, you can have him. You know, because he's an investigative reporter. Maybe he's not Bruce Wayne, but he's not a dumb dumb either. Super super smarts. So he can go. the 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 body of the film can be him putting the pieces together, both figuratively and literally. He can put the the pieces together and realize these are not, in spite of the fake news, hey oh, um, that's topical. that's going on. And, and you know, you can give him a rival reporter putting that bullshit out during the course of the of the flick, also. And he puts he puts the the story together and 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 frames it properly for mass consumption that these are not alien invaders ultimately you realize that these are these are lex luther robots that that he put together he framed the story that they are that they are aliens all just to besmirch our boy superman who he has no good reason to hate but he just absolutely hates lex luther is just the level worst so that would be my first my first installment it would be superman in the time period that his his the the original version of superman really belongs in that g gosh willikers 50s era and it, again it leaves plenty of room for continued adventures and you don't have to worry about well if something happens in metropolis where was wonder woman where was batman why superman have to why conveniently in the superman solo movies are no other fucking superheroes around well here's the reason why because they just they weren't around in that era so he has to deal with all that stuff by himself but you have a different version of superman that you know when you fast forward and you have him in the 2020 era with with your inevitable extended universe flicks you can have a superman that's seen some shit got some gray on the temples some some of us make it work he's not necessarily he's more of the grizzled guy again he ages he just slowly so you don't have to go you know you don't have to do a benjamin button type deal on him but it, but it absolutely worked i'm i'm convinced it would work because you take away a lot of the you know the ang- anvils around his neck of having to worry about the human elements and, and believe i mean that that'll change a guy you know sure. all, all these people that he had this these running adventures with and they cared about and you want to talk about like well his ultimate failing like he can't do shit about time i don't care how super you are superman you're nothing against time so you you don't have to worry about lois or you know any of that group you can just have him be you know one of one of the group at that point but on the same token he doesn't feel the need to have to be hip with the slang or, or keep up with the kids he's like the fun fun uncle at thanksgiving that drinks with you tells you know inappropriate jokes never married no kids but like <laughs> he's he's clearly older but there he is regardless oh i see my i see my future uh <laughs> I, I really i enjoy this lot john i think keeping it keeping it in period is smart and solves a lot of problems pretty much instantaneously i think luther's a great choice of villain that certainly sounds like the right kind of scheme i have a follow-up question what do you think luther Luther's motivation is in your story is he just like an Iago just doesn't like the guy doesn't know why kind of thing or or is there something about Superman that pisses him off is he anti-immigrant or you know you, you know for for me Luther's like really really an interesting foil 
for Superman in, in much the same way that when, when people insist on putting Batman and Superman at odds, Batman becomes because he mentally can keep up with Superman step for step, if not, if he's not superior, <laughs> no pun intended. But that all being said, the Lexes, wh- whereas Kal-El had the luxury of his upbringing to help frame who he was as a person and then you factor in on top of that what he's able to do he's not defined by either one or the other it's the combination of the two it's not nature right. or nurture it's it's both in in uh, connection with each other lex is exactly the same way so lex is brilliant 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 man and he was a, a brilliant child but his upbringing was the exact opposite of Superman's, which makes him in effect the exact opposite of Superman, where he can't do any of the, those physical gifts that Clark Cal has. But on the same token, he's such a brilliant mind and is able to accomplish so much, whereas it was never enough for him, for, for his father when he was growing up. You would think that when Lex finally is, is out from under his father's thumb, out from that shadow, that now he can really, you know, be it, have that limelight, be the world's smartest man and all these wonderful accomplishments. And just at that pinnacle moment where Lex is, is finally able to take the center stage and get the adulation that he's always craved his entire life, and rightfully so, the attention is, is just shifted elsewhere in a moment's notice when Superman shows up. So I would paint his animosity to Superman very, very simply because there are so many moving pieces to it already, the story arc, it's just very serious. He, is, he has such an inferiority complex. He's so jealous and he's so furious that with all his amazing, amazing attributes and all of the, the, the money in the world where he can literally do anything, he now is singular purpose. He is going to end Superman no matter what. Because again, ultimately what that means is that now he's going to have that attention. Again, finally, finally. And it sounds a lot like certain other, certain other uh, oligarchs that we have running around, but uh, sure. uh, we don't want to get uh, political, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I, I think Lex's, Lex's uh, evil comes from a very simple psychology 101 place. And I think that's exactly it. I don't think you have to get any deeper than that. Well, especially when you're going, like you said, like that kind of all shucks 50s feel. Maybe sometimes you just got to tell a story that's a little bit more simple. I think sometimes we get sure. too caught up in making things ridiculous. I've had conversations before with people talking about comic books and it's like, when's the last time a movie villain robbed a bank and Spider-Man or Batman had to stop him from doing that? It's like, you don't see that happen anymore because obviously these comic books reflect the world around us and things are so much more grim, really. But that being said, there is, if you're going to do something that's a period piece, what's better than kind of a 50s sci-fi movie Yeah, starring Superman fighting robots who aren't really robots from, from space, but robots from Earth. I think it's really cool. I think it's a great way. It paints Luther in a very, it paints him simply, like you said, but in a way that's effective. It tells a really great story. And you know what? I would watch the heck out of that. With all the 50s, rah, 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 bright blue and bright red and Superman punching robots. I, I don't think you could go wrong. Can't you just hear like the 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 fifties sci fi sound yeah. effects happen? Yeah. Like every time they shot a ray. Oh, or... I love that. I oh my god! Superman can be told in many different ways for many different people at many different times, mm-hmm. but I think what you're tapped into here with this kind of period piece with the character, I think it's important. It's important to realize that Superman can be told effectively, beautifully simply as if like you said he's a person out of time so i really like the pitch man i really think it's really yeah, think really it's really, really cool. good i, I like really it enjoy it and it kind of taps in everything i like 
about comic books and comic book movies in general. While I like stuff that gets in depth and serious, sometimes I just want to, you know, eat some popcorn and watch Superman kind of save people and do his thing and do simple things, but on a very grand scale. So dude, that's brilliant. Thank you. I Love appreciate it. it. Thank you. So, Expect my check in the mail. Um, yeah, I'll send it. I'll, I'll Principal send it. photography was ready to go. <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to wrap this. We're going to start wrapping this up. So that's John's pitch for a Superman movie. A new Superman movie, a way to take Superman. I think it's a great idea, and I think it's everything I'd want to see in a movie. What about you, Jordan? What are you thinking? I, I love it. I thought I thought the pitch was great. My suggested title would be, if you're going to take him back to his roots in, in our history, in our past, I think this is the one that gets called The Man of Tomorrow. Yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. Congratulations. You just got a producing credit. <laughs> Woohoo! It's that easy, that. folks. Now please cast Natalie Dormer. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so everyone out there on the internet, this has been another episode of How About This, where today we talked about the Superman, Superman himself. We had a wonderful guest on with us. If they could clap and we could hear the round of applause, it would be thunderous. So we want to extend a very, very special thank you to the CEO of U.S. Comics and co-host of the U.S. Comics cast, John Rivera. Thank you so much for being here with us today, my friend. Guys, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. So thank much fun. You. And as always, I have to thank my co-host, my best bud on the planet, and I guess I would say the entire galaxy. Mr. Jordan Woo. Hughes, thank you, my friend. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you to the to the brainiac, to my... Damn, I was going to say Jarrell, but that makes you sound like you're like an evil dick. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. I meant to say something nice. That's fine. That's oh, fine. Well. You, don't have, it, you don't have to say anything nice. We're getting worse at this as the shows go on. I know. Don't, don't edit this out. This, the people <laughs> must know. The people we're, run, must we're running out of adjectives and, <laughs> and uh, descriptors for each other. So eventually we're just going to go, hey, it's Jordan. <laughs> for, the, for the next episode, I'm going to write a bunch down, just a whole list of epithets and I'll have them ready. He's just going to put me to shame because yes. I do this all off the cuff. So Jordan's going to have some brilliantly written, like perfect, like 10 page long Experience. status. Yeah. 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 It's like, Hey guys, guess what I just wrote on my wow. lunch break. It's beautiful. You guys make me sound like a pretentious loser. Thanks. No, no. it's just Not a talent. loser. Talent. Oh, thank you, John. <laughs> it's talent. For John Rivera and Jordan Hugh, I'm Mike Staub. Please continue to tune in to How About This? You know what this show is about. If you have ideas for what you would like us to talk about, please feel free to send them to us, but also hit the like like button hit the subscribe button give us five stars if there are five four stars if there are five leave a comment and if you hate all of our ideas please be sure to let us know because we want to fight with you in the we comments. want to see you in the that's, comments we will right. meet you in the comments after school we, we will see you that's today's version of the flagpole at 3 p.m is i'll see you in the comments section you can add us as much as you like but this is another episode of how about this thank you so much and we will see you real 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 soon thanks again for listening to yet another episode of how about this please follow us on instagram at how about this pod and on your favorite podcatcher of your choosing please feel free to give us a like feel free to give us a subscribe feel free to give us one of those reviews because every time you write something or give us a review that's well we hope that it's a five-star review it helps our visibility so thank you in advance for helping us out and for getting the word out there about this show please share it with your friends and if you like it be sure to leave a comment and if you don't like it 
well, be sure to leave a comment as well because we would love to have a conversation with you. Also, as a fan of the podcast, if there are things you would love to hear us talk about, please reach out to us on Instagram. Please reach out to us on Facebook because we are looking to expand this as much as we possibly can and cover as many properties as we can. So, as always, thanks again and enjoy listening to more episodes of How About This.